Thank you. Wow, this is a strange day to live in, isn't it? It's uh, so unique, yet I believe that in the midst of much of the unknown, God has something he's doing in the hearts of every believer if we let him. I want to welcome everybody online. I don't know how many are, are out there online. I'll just put that in there. want to welcome you, welcome everyone, welcome my mom uh, to be with us today. It's so good to get together. When we were singing that song, The Goodness of God, wow, I just about lost it. It's the goodness of God. So, so, so incredible. I think about, I think about my life, the lives of my children. We have three kids. The lives of my grandchildren, I mean, Kevin and Sherry and Deb and I, we've been on a little bit of a competition for grandkids, but I think they've won. Apparently, our kids had said, that's enough. We have nine, I believe, they have 10? Yeah. So they've won. Um, I haven't given up, though. I've said to our children, adopt some. Let's keep going. We can have more and more and more because that just makes me happier and happier and happier because my heart gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's fabulous. It's incredible. So it was about a year after the Desert Stream was planted, we planted a church in a place called Burks Falls. Most of you wouldn't know where that is, but if you know Huntsville, take about a half an hour north. It's a little community of 900 people. And when I decided that you know, God spoke to me in June of 1995 about planting the church there. I said to him, and this is, this is the truth, I said, God, do you know where Burks Falls is? Because I've been there, and I'm not sure if you really know where it is. It, it's just a little place, and I had no desire to really go there until God called me. And so we've been there ever since, in our 24th year, and uh, watched God do some incredible things through some incredible deep pain, through suffering, through struggling, through great victories. How many know that it doesn't matter in your life? I mean, you, you have great suffering, you have great pain, and you have great victory. Welcome to life, folks. That's just the way it is. And I grew up in Belleville, 22 years here, played my hockey here, went to Quinty Secondary School, got married at the police station before it was the police station. Used to play uh, our basketball in the gym over there and then scoot out the back door, go to Dairy Queen, have whatever we wanted at that age because it didn't matter and never thought about gaining any weight. However, that's changed. I still try and do it, but it doesn't work the, as well as it used to. So... I, I was thinking to myself, what could I bring here to you, Desert Stream, and to those online, what could I say that would have any impact? You have a great pastor, a great leader, Pastor Kevin and his wife and the team here, fabulous. I've been here for conferences and been here visiting before. So I thought, I've got all these notes, all of these things I want to share out of my heart. 
And so this morning as I'm at my sister's and I'm walking around the pool about 6 o'clock this morning, I was saying, God, what do you want me to, what is important for me to share here this morning? And he said, I want you to share a narrative. My whole message today is one big story. I hear you finish and wrap up about 11.30, so that gives me about 55 minutes of a story if I choose to do that. I've entitled the message today, What is Growing in Your Garden? What is growing in your garden? Now, I'm not necessarily talking about your actual garden, but the soil of your life. What is growing in the garden of your life? And something I want to mention at the very, very beginning, and that is this. Listen to the Spirit as to what sticks to your soul today. You see, there's this process we go through every time we listen to a message. It doesn't matter if it's a podcast. It could be a message uh, on a Sunday in a building where we meet together. Remember, you're the church, not the building. You're the church. And so it could, be, it could be something online, whatever, but listen to what sticks to your soul by the Spirit as he speaks to you. You see, there's a process. It's called information that I get. We live in a day of information, I'm telling you. You can go anywhere, anytime, and get information about anything you want. I'm going to tell you how I did that in a little bit when it came to my garden. I'm not a farmer. I'll say that right off the top. I don't know a whole lot about it. I figure you put seed in the ground, up comes the seed, and you're good. That's my thinking. So we get this information. But that information has to turn into an aha moment, that revelation, or it never changes us. So we get information that goes to revelation. And that's what sticks to our soul. Because I don't know if you're different than I am, but I can listen to messages. And by the time I've left the room, I've forgotten most of what's been said. Just being honest. And if you were, you'd get that too. And I leave, and, but there are certain things that are said because they're highlighted by Holy Spirit in my life, that aha moment. So that, that, that information becomes revelation that becomes transformation because that's what changes me. It's not the information that changes me. It's the revelation that changes me. The aha, the thing that sticks to my soul that changes me. But then... We get the information so we can have the revelation, so we can have the transformation, so that we can have the impartation. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Because it's only in the revelation that brings the transformation that we can release the impartation. But that's not where it ends. Because then we get the duplication. That's where it really hits the road. But I can't give what I don't possess. I can't give away what doesn't transform me. I could give information, but information doesn't transform anybody. It's the revelation that does. So just think about that as I'm sharing with you today. Really, the heart is the target for life change. 
It's the heart. Now, understand in Scripture that it's the heart and the mind are very interconnected. They often mean the very same thing. And when we come to Christ, get ready because it's constant change. In fact, the only thing that is constant is change. But we don't like that. We'd rather fight against that change. But when we come to Christ, that's the only thing that really is constant. If we want to be a part of what God is doing today in our life and in the lives of others, we need to understand that we are designed to function as agents of change, internally, externally. And in Scripture, Luke chapter 6, verse 43, no tree or no good tree bears bad fruit. Do we agree? Nor does bad, a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree, get this, each tree is recognized by its own fruit. You see, here's something I know. If I plant a carrot, an apple tree will not grow there. No orange tree is going to grow up, even as orange as carrots are. There's not going to be an orange tree that's going to grow up where I planted that carrot seed. So each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. His mind, they're interconnected. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. And listen to this. Get what he's about to say now. Get what Jesus is about to say now. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Ouch! Ouch. Wow, the things that I have said that came out of the overflow of my heart sometimes aren't the best. And specifically sometimes in this season that we're going through, this COVID season, we can say things that are not nice about the way the government is handling the situation or the way we see things. We can say things like that, but we would never do that as firm believers, would we? We wouldn't go there. But however, those that are not here today might say that. And of course, not those that are online, of course, but other people might say things. Years ago, I'm gonna begin my narrative now. Years ago, I bought a portable garage. I had a boat, I had to put a place, I had to find a place on my property for a portable garage. So I bought the garage, put it up. It's got that, you know, those round, round garages. I put it up on our property. And for a number of years, it did the purpose. It sheltered the boat through the winter. Now, you don't get winter here, just so you know. You don't get winter in Belleville. It's a dusting. Not this past year, but the year before, we had 16 feet of snow. 
So you don't get winter. You get a dusting up to ankle. And if you get, if, if, if it goes to your knees, you think you've just hit the Antarctic or something, it's over. So I needed something good. But over time, that, that canvas or whatever it was called, it's whatever it's on that portable greenhouse, began to wear. The weight of the snow melting, freezing, the weight of all of that began to wear. And then soon I got a rip, and soon the whole thing was done. It was over. It was done. I was finished with it. So I saw that steel structure, that metal, I don't know what you call that, I'm not, that structure sitting. Every time I looked out my window, and there it is, nothing on it, it's just sitting there. So a few years ago, I thought to myself, now my wife loves to garden. So I thought to myself, I could bless her. How can I do that? Oh, and I looked out and I saw, I saw that, that greenhouse. In my imagination, that portable garage became a greenhouse. A greenhouse of, of incredible fruit. So I picked the greenhouse up with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, Kathy and Barry Reed, and my wife. And I carried it down to the back where our other raised beds were. But you know the problem on our property is nothing is flat. There's nothing flat in our property. And you can't put the shovel in the ground without hitting another stone. People didn't come to our area to farm. They tried. In fact, if you go down to, the, down to our property, if you go down the hill, you will see these, these rows that have been excavated, been turned over, uh, and that's where they used to grow potatoes because that's about all you could grow. But every time you put the shovel in the ground, you hit a stone. And there are no flat areas on our property. So I got this greenhouse. This wasn't even a greenhouse yet. It was this metal structure. And we took it down. And I looked at the ground. And I thought to myself, this isn't going to work. I'm going to have to build this thing up about a foot and a half on the one side just to get it even so I can put the greenhouse on. I'm telling you this struggle of this greenhouse. Because I wanted to grow some fruit in the greenhouse. So I took, I set it aside I called a neighbor. He had this little, uh, little front-end loader thing. So he came over and he did what he could, flattened it out a little bit, but it still was about a foot and a half, a foot out. So then I called somebody. I said, I need some egg gravel. Can you bring that here? So they came and they dumped this great big load. And I thought, now how am I going to move this all the way around the house, down a hill, into the greenhouse or to the foundation of the greenhouse? Oh, so we were, went to a garage sale, and a neighbor had a little master craft tractor for sale. We bought it for $150. And then I thought, well, that doesn't do me much good, so now I've got to go get one of those little dump trailers. So then I went and I bought a little dump trailer. But even if you get the dump trailer and, and the tractor and you hook them up, you still have to use your arms to fill this little dump trailer, then wheel it around, then dump it in the back. So it was hot. And we have bugs. I'm telling you this because I want you to understand what it takes to get fruit. So I took this. We have bugs. At that time of the year, black flies. Black flies are nasty. They get in where they don't belong. And they bite where they shouldn't bite. 
and, and they, they hurt. I, I swell up. When I first moved up, they would bite me on the forearm and I had Popeye forearms. That's how much I swell up. So I, I've got the bug jacket and I'm, I'm sweating like everything and I'm putting the dirt, this egg gravel in this and I'm wheeling it around. And about halfway through the day, I started to get cramps in my forearms. And I, I cramped up and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. This is too painful just to get some fruit. Just to get some fruit. So finally I quit that day and I, waited and I thought I'm, I'm going to call somebody to help me. So the next Saturday I called somebody, they came and they helped me and we got all the gravel down. But, but then I had to put the greenhouse, I had to flatten it out. Then I had to get uh, cement blocks and put them all down the one side. And then after that, I had to get six by six pressure treated uh, timber and I had to put that on all four sides of the, before I could even put the greenhouse on and then level it all. I had, I had to, to take it and measure everything. I'm not a contractor. I'm telling you this because I want you to know what it takes to get fruit in our lives. So there we are. I finally, I finally took this metal structure and I put it on the pressure treated lumber. And I got my hex bolts and I got my drill and I drilled down that thing because it's not going to move anywhere. And then I went in and I took all the old, uh, all the old canvas covering from the, and I laid it all over the ground. And I thought, this is good. And then I thought, well, nothing's going to grow in that. So now I've got to build raised beds. So I had to go buy lumber. And I went and bought lumber. And I took the lumber and I built these raised beds, six of them, totaling about 20 feet long. But I guess, yeah, totaling, so, so they're both, they, two of them made 20 feet by three feet. Put them in the greenhouse. I'm telling you this because I want you to be aware that it takes a lot to grow fruit. It doesn't just happen overnight. And then I didn't have anything to grow put the seeds in because there was nothing in the raised beds. So I had to call and get some mushroom compost because they tell me mushroom compost goes great, grows great fruit. So I got mushroom compost and I got a little bit of soil and I put it in all of them. And we finally had the greenhouse, at least part of it. Because then I had to frame in each end, put a couple of doors and put a, a window in because it gets so hot that if you didn't, it would absolutely fry. And I'm telling you this because I want you and I to know that it takes a lot to get fruit. It doesn't just happen overnight. There's this organic relationship between the roots of the plants and the fruit it produces. Christ is saying that in this scripture. As he said, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart... The mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of the heart. It's not somebody else 
that's causing us to speak. It's the overflow of our own heart that's causing us to speak. Let me give you a few thoughts here. There is an undeniable root and fruit connection between our hearts, our minds, and our behavior. People and situations do not, listen to me, do not determine our behavior. They do, however, provide occasion where our heart is revealed by our behavior. Can anybody get what I'm talking about today? So let me just say something. Root to fruit. We always know our fruit because of our root. So let me, I I had an experience this year. This is more of the narrative. This is more of the story. So I had this experience with COVID. I've got more time at home. I mean, we live in a very small, we live on 23 acres out in the bush, I say. But we live in a very small town of 900 people. There are more in an apartment here in Belleville than there are in our whole town. That's where God called me. So that's where I am. And I thought to myself this year, I'm going to grow my own tomatoes. I, I'm going to get some soil. So it was about March. I got those little containers so that I could take my soil and put it in the container and put my little tomato seeds in those containers. Over 100 of them. Because I thought my thinking was, well, man, if I can get 50% to grow, I'm doing well. Because this is the first time I've done it. If I can get 50%, great. I'll have 50 tomato plants. Well, over 100 came up. Oh, me of little faith in my ability or my, my, my thinking, my lack of ability into doing that before. So now I have over 100 little tomato plants. You say, why 100? What are you going to do with 100 little tomato plants? Well, I'm telling you what I'm going to do with them. I'm going to wait till the fruit comes, and they were all Roma tomatoes, and then I'm going to make my marinara and salsa. And we're going to have a happy day at the Cox household. That's why I grew 100 Roma tomato plants. I grew them. They were coming up. It was beautiful. But then I had to transplant them. So I bought these biodegradable, these compostable little planters. And then I had to go buy more soil. So I went and I bought more soil. I filled them all up. I transplanted all of these tomato plants, except for probably about 40, no, about 30 that I decided to give away because I really got bored after doing 70 of them. I thought, I don't want to do anymore, so I've got kids. I've got friends, and they can take some of them and enjoy them. So, grew them all, waited again, watered them a little bit, waited till it got a little warmer, put them in the sunlight, put them by the window, rotated them, did everything I could, 
to see these guys grow. So they started to grow. And then came the day that I was going to take my home-grown, personally done, tomato plants out to the greenhouse. What an exciting day. Oh, but before I did that, you know what I had to do? I had, I had the soil in the, to, uh, in the uh, greenhouse for a, a few years, and I thought to myself, you know what, I need to get brand new soil this year. So I emptied all the soil out. And then I had to get new soil brought in. So I was in that process again. Here's the soil. With my arms, putting it in there, taking it to the greenhouse, dumping it in the raised beds. And this year I even added something more powerful. More powerful than any other thing I've ever done. I put in fish compost. Oh, let me tell you. There are no weeds in fish compost. It's supposed to be the best. We have friends that have a greenhouse business, and they say, get the fish compost. Get it. It will be the best thing you have ever done. So we got the fish compost. Put it in. Then I took my green little plants. They were about that big. I took them to the greenhouse. I put them in. All 66 and I took my watering can, and every one of them, I was careful to water so nicely. I watered them incredibly well and waited and waited, and they began to die, and they began to die. I went into panic mode. I'm telling you this because it takes a lot to grow fruit in our lives. I went into panic mode. Oh, no, 60-some of my tomato plants are dying. What am I going to do? And then I thought to myself, Google it. So I picked up my iPad, and I Googled, what happens when your tomato plants are dying? It said, overwatering can kill your tomato plants. Now, I don't know how many here knew my father, but my father had this philosophy. If one was good, more would be much better. So you're going to water it, so you water it. The problem, the problem was is, is what I found out from Google was this, that when I watered them too much, all of the soil collapsed in the roots and there was no oxygen in the roots to give life to the roots to grow the plant. And then I thought, as I'm preparing this, we need the oxygen or the breath of Holy Spirit in our lives to come and break up the soil, so that, or we, we allow him to break up the soil so he can breathe in our life and the roots can become strong and firm and ready to produce fruit. Because so many things, even COVID, could collapse on us and collapse our root system and create problems where we cannot breathe properly. And so what we do is we clam up or we go in our hole or we run away or we say, how could this be? We've lost our job. We've lost our income. We've lost so many things which are so difficult for so many people and the root system collapses in us and around us. 
but what we need is the next thing I did. I read that I had to pull every single root and plant out. So one night, and it wasn't long after, I went into the greenhouse, and I, I mean, it was hot in there, and I pulled every single plant, over 60 of them, out of the raised beds. And they were in those compostable pots, and I massaged them. I just got all the, all the soil in there loosened up to allow air to enter in. You see, this is how, this is how Holy Spirit likes to grow us. He likes to come in when, when everything is collapsed and come in and begin to massage the roots of our lives to allow him to come in and breathe fresh life into us so that we will, will be a people that will produce fruit, will produce incredible fruit. So I massage those all 66 or so of them, and I left them out for about two days so they could dry out because I overwatered. So here we are. A few days later, they're dry. So I went back in the greenhouse, and I went and I planted all over again without overwatering my tomato plants. And I thought to myself, are these going to come back or not? Are they all going to die on me? And I'm going to have to go and purchase from a greenhouse somewhere else, from a nursery somewhere else? But guess what? They came back. The, or I was, was going to say the cat came back. But the tomato, they came back. And today, they are fruiting. Today, they are coming alive. Today, there are flowers all over them and they are budding. Let me, let me say something here. It takes a lot for Holy Spirit to do in us, to grow the fruit that he desires through us. So that when we speak, we're not speaking the abundance of the bad fruit, but we're speaking the abundance of the good fruit in our lives. Because we've allowed him to come and massage the roots. Now, you know, sometimes weeds grow. Do you know what Matthew chapter 13 verse 15 says? It says the, the father will come and uproot anything he has not planted. He is going to come and uproot anything he has not planted. Now, who is he speaking to there? The Pharisees. Well, guess what? I don't know about you, but we all have a little bit of Pharisee in us. And he desires to come and uproot those thoughts that we have, those ideals that we live by. And when I talk to you today about the heart 
and the mind, they are really synonymous in Scripture. When I speak to you today about that, what about our mind? Do, do we realize this? Do we realize that we have a conscious mind and an unconscious mind? Do we realize that when we are younger and as we grow, we are spoken to by teachers, sometimes parents, other people in authority, and that seed of that word comes and makes a lodging place in our unconscious mind. Things like, you'll never amount to much. Why did you do it like that? Are you ever going to amount to anything? You don't even belong here. Why aren't you listening? Do you ever have a listen? Do you ever have, do you have a brain in your head? And you see what happens is those, those words come and they lodge in our unconscious mind. We don't understand why years later we are still stuck in what was spoken to us way back. And out of our heart, our mind, words come. So Holy Spirit is in the business of coming to our root system and rerouting some of the words spoken so that when our, when our unconscious mind is ready to speak them, our conscious mind begins to get healed and then we begin to be restored to who he has created us to be. Because we are all meant for way more. We are all meant for greater things. God has a purpose and he planted us here on this earth as his garden and he has allowed his spirit to come within us and he has put in us a soul, a breathed in by Holy Spirit soul. He has allowed us to walk through certain things in our lives so that he could come and reroute us so that the fruit of our life would begin to blossom day after day and week after week and would never, ever stop. That's what he's about. That's his desire. That's his heart. So when I think about my greenhouse and when I think about those tomato plants that were rotting, and when I think about going out to massage them, I think about my heavenly father and how much he loves to come and those things that are not quite right, he comes and he massages. Then Holy Spirit comes and he breathes fresh life into that plant so that that plant begins to bear good fruit. And you might be saying, well, this is really simple. Yes, it is. Oh, it's so simple, but so hard to do. I think we can all relate and understand that. It's not so easy. It's not so easy to grow fruit. Tough times, times of suffering, times of difficulty, those situations that we come up against in our life and we recognize, we say things, we think things that are not Holy Spirit, but what takes place is we respond out of the abundance of what's in our heart and it isn't quite right. We've all done it. I'm no exception. Believe me. We live there because we are in process. 
well, well, right now, you know, I, I left home on Wednesday to come down to visit my mom, my sisters, brother-in-laws. And I, I went out. I thought, I'm curious how many tomatoes are actually on only 10 of my plants. I counted over 80 on just 10. Oh, and the root system is good. <laughs> so is the fruit system. So Jesus, by his spirit, went to the cross to reroot us. He sent Holy Spirit to come and to bring a, a gentle presence to breathe fresh life as the Father massages the root systems of our life so that he could be glorified through the fruit we produce. That's the narrative. That's the very simple narrative that the Father would like, has, has asked me to bring here to share with you and I today. Do you know something? As I speak, I don't even say things that I think of. I just think of them on the fly because I'm learning as Holy Spirit teaches me right now. The other thing I know is that the more and the bigger those tomato plants grow, the more roots they have and the more water they can take to produce greater and bigger fruit. Ha. How many here want to be just a bunch of big fruits? <laughs> to produce more and more and more and more. Well, guess what? There's a narrative going in your mind. Sometimes in your unconscious mind. It's a track that you've rehearsed over and over and over again. Understand that scientists have proven that we have tracks in our brain where we think certain things over and over and over again. And what Holy Spirit does, he comes and he reroutes those tracks to be more like Jesus. Oh, that's good news. That's good news. We have an opportunity in this season to let him retrack us, to reroute us, to allow him to come and to fill us and to blow fresh breath upon those roots so that we can see the fruit of him working in our lives. That's my desire. I want more fruit. I don't want the negative narratives that are in my mind to come out as fruit that is destructive, but I'd rather have fruit that is constructive, that will do things that will blow the minds of everyone around me, including myself, because that's exactly who Holy Spirit is. He loves to blow our minds through information that leads to revelation, that leads to transformation, that leads to impartation, that leads to duplication. Oh, I like it. I like it. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful. <laughs> so thankful for who you are.
that you don't leave us the way we are, but you continually change us because when we come to you, someone has to change, and it's you say that you are the God and you don't change, so I guess we have no choice. It's us. So we pray, Father, right now for every person online that's, that are here today. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you go to that place in us that needs to be rerouted or rerouted, and would you pull up those roots? Would you dry them out, blow fresh wind upon them so that the fruit of our lives would produce everything you've desired it to produce? We bless you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace and your great mercy in our lives. We honor you today and bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Be blessed with everything that your Heavenly Father has for you. God bless. Hey, everybody. Pastor Kevin Dowling here from Desert Stream. Just giving a shout out to you and saying thanks for joining us this week. We trust that you received something out of what was shared today, and we hope that it spoke to you and that it encouraged you in this season that we find ourselves in. You know, you could do us a big favor if you would just uh, share, uh, like, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Let people know that there's a place that you found that you're getting an encouragement and hope each and every week. We hope you plan to check in with us next week, be a part of our expression again, and help spread the word that God is in control in the midst of this season. We love you. We